0: Welcome to One Mind Zen. Today's talk is given by Unsan Chita. There's a line between what we are and what we do. Sometimes it's very blurry. Sometimes what we are and what we do may even overlap. And sometimes they're diametrically opposed. It's all based on self-identification. Depending on work, we may conduct ourselves as engineers or bankers. If we're in a political mode, the identification might be as a Democrat or Republican, Labor or Tory, Trotskyite or Stalinist, liberal, conservative, We also have vegan, vegetarian, omnivore, male, female, gay, bi, lesbian, transsexual, transgender, Buddhist, Zen Buddhist, forest monk, Shin Buddhist, Christian, Muslim, Sunni, Shiite, Jew, Orthodox Jew, Hasidic reform, and so on. And that's an awful lot of round holes we square pegs might be trying to force ourselves into. These demarcations often have behaviors we associate with them, and quite often we make ourselves into cookie-cutter images of what we imagine those labels demand. Likewise, the label we pick may even determine what hole we think we should dive into. It's one thing to be environmentally conscious and then become a member of the Greens, it's another to look at them and start acting like we think a Green should act. Neither way is particularly good or bad. After all, we haven't necessarily thought every way to be environmentally conservative and may have something to learn from what appear to be like-minded individuals. We can always learn To one extent or the other, we also try to force others into round holes, and they may have a totally different hole picked out for themselves. may come as a real shocker to find out that Hitler was vegetarian and that he was kind to dogs. Animal rights activists may also be vegetarian dog lovers, but that doesn't mean they also have to be Nazis any more than Hitler was a tree-hugging liberal. Fascists are evil, we might say. And then we find out that they aren't evil 100% of the time, and that can shake up some of our deeply held preconceptions. Unless we forget... Richard Nixon created the Environmental Protection Agency, and no tree hugger was he, at least according to conventional wisdom. These examples of other identifications are as mistaken as our own self-identifications. Following the Buddhist path is to lead to liberation. Liberation. Following the Zen path leads to seeing things as they truly are, to experience it fully, and to see our true nature, to help others, and thus become liberated. One could even say that we're already liberated. If we looked for something that held us in chains, we'd see that there really isn't any chain. And not just in an emptiness, nothing, but in reality nothing except our own thinking. To be liberated from our own thinking is to stop thinking I'm this, you're that, and because of this and that it means I must do something and you must do something else. Dropping this thinking includes even the notion of unity and differentiation, the notion that there is a fallback position when things get difficult. We make difficult for ourselves, and we really don't need a fallback position, because that doesn't really exist either. The bottom line is that there is no more a reason for doing what we do, then there is an excuse for doing what we do. Negotiating that line I mentioned can be tricky. Do I not eat meat because I'm a quote-unquote vegetarian or am I feeling compassion for all beings and therefore I don't eat meat? So I look for the vegetarian section on the menu. Anything I do because I'm a quote-unquote Zenist is a poor excuse for doing it. Do I do things because I think it's correct action and that just so happens to be what the Buddha would have done in that situation? That's a better reason for action. When I go to the grocery store, do I put the cart in the little cart hut? because that's what a zenny should do, do I see that someone's livelihood depends on people not putting their carts back in the little cart hut so that person can gather them back up and that's what puts food on his family table. Honestly, sometimes I'll do either largely dependent on a whim To use the grocery store example further, when they ask, paper or plastic, which do I choose and why? Do I immediately say paper because I think of myself as environmentally conscious and a Buddhist, and the Buddha wouldn't have used plastic, so ergo I must use paper. Making the choice isn't that straightforward if I really look at it. Paper requires trees to be cut down. These trees help the atmosphere, provide habitats for animals, help stop soil erosion, and so forth. The power saws used to cut them down require power. That power is most likely a fossil fuel. The trucks that transport the lumber to the sawmill likely use gasoline. The saws at the mill use electricity, which may have been produced by coal, nuclear, maybe wind, solar, or water power. The rest of the paper making process likewise requires power, and on and on it goes. As it turns out, I bring my own bags because Northampton, Mass., has banned plastic shopping bags, so it's a moot point here. Previously, I went with paper because for all the shortcomings that its manufacturing entails, plastic ends up not decomposing for the most part, so the long-term result is probably the worst choice. But neither choice is pristine. Until we stop creating karma, our actions will by and large not be pristine. Some may be wholesome and positive, some negative, some neutral. The priest at an old Zen Sangha I attended once said that meditation is one of the few karmically neutral actions we can make. Virtually any action we take, writing, grocery shopping, driving, being with loved ones, working, all involve other people and therefore will have consequences. In my estimation, the same action will be perceived differently by others involved in the ripple effect of the action. The same person may have radically different reactions to the same phenomena, depending on the flexibility of perceptions. Reaction is dependent on any number of other factors in addition to the action I've taken. It would be very naive and self-important to think my actions happen in a vacuum that they're the only stimulus that elicits a response. Even when I'm just writing, the thoughts that come to me, the mood I'm in, my physical environment, all figure into creating that just. In reality, what is it even possible to quote-unquote just do? As bodhisattvas, the job of saving all beings may be as simple as trying not to do harm. Maybe the next notch up is trying to be helpful. We can't worry about how this help will necessarily be received. We can't be paralyzed by the possibility that our action may be taken to be other than in the spirit we intended. We do what we can as skillfully as we can to be of benefit, not to only the one person we're interacting with, but with the realization that the ripples of our action will flow out like Indra's net. This is how we save, quote unquote, all beings, by respecting and taking care of ourselves so we can help the next being with whom we come in contact. If we aren't paying attention, acting mindfully, if you like, then our blind wandering throughout our environment may indeed result in our actions being unintentionally consequential. That was Unsan Chita. Thank you for joining us at One Mind Zen. One Mind Zen is a Sangha in the Five Mountain Zen Order in the lineage of Sung San and Tiktian An, located in Northampton, Massachusetts.